In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. And a good and glorious morning to you all. And especially glory to you who have shown us the light. It's hard to uh, hear a gospel about a blind man and not, not hear that phrase. Glory to you who have shown us the light. For there is that light which endures even when, as today, it is covered by a shroud of clouds. The light still persists, even in the darkness. St. Gregory Palamas tells us that the Lord illuminates only those who he wishes, to the extent that he chooses, and that providentially for the sake of their salvation. He illuminates you providentially for the sake of your salvation. It's not just an exercise to give you a, an intellectual advantage over your fellows so that you can pontificate about all that you have seen, all the light that you have been given, which somehow sets you above all of your fellows. It is for the sake of your salvation that you are given light. St. Gregory and the other holy ones affirm that this illumination is not a natural light, as we humans might think of it, but rather uncreated and eternal. Now, you can't wrap your brain around that one. That's not one that's apprehended with the brain. That's not uh, uh, a cognitive kind of a thing. That's something much deeper than any of your mental cognition, any of your studies, any of your advantages that you might have because of that very expensive degree that you got at UCSB. That doesn't give you an advantage in understanding the uncreated light. On Mount Tabor, when the Lord so willed to illuminate, St. Gregory observes and as you hear his observations about Mount Tabor, uh, it is as if somehow he is speaking of something that he himself has seen. In other words, when, uh, when he is speaking of that, that holy light on Mount Tabor, it is as if he is speaking from knowledge, not from theoretical, theological abstraction, not from talking head Blah, 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 blah. All of those things that you can put in an outline, but those things that are apprehended somewhere deep, deep in the heart. And forgive me if it sounds like I'm mocking uh, professors and those who do from time to time sound like they're going blah, 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 blah. For I'm not, I'm, I'm a big advocate of continuing education. He shone, St. Gregory tells us, the light shone like the sun and was seen by the apostles' eyes, though not for long. Then when he chose to shine even more brilliantly, he was made invisible to them on account of his exceeding splendor 
as though he entered into a bright cloud. Here again, the light is there, even when it is shrouded by a cloud. The light is there for each of you, even when it seems to be shrouded by a cloud of, of confusion, by the wonkiness of the moment. Even when it is shrouded, the light still persists. Today on the road, the light is passing by one who sits in total darkness. Yet perhaps, just perhaps, in the profundity of his darkness, his heart has been prepared to receive the salvation of uncreated light. And afterward with it, almost as an afterthought, the lesser light of sight to the blind eyes of his flesh. For first the needful thing to him was not just sight to the blind eyes of his flesh, but sight to his heart, that which can only be given by the uncreated light. For there is a light which may be seen by the blind, Billy Joel actually said it can only be seen by the eyes of the blind. I happened to catch that song on the radio the other day, and I thought, you know, there really is something to that. There is that light which can only be seen by the eyes of the blind. For it is missed by those who think and who declare that their vision is perfect. I see all things perfectly. I understand and they have missed that which is truly there right in front of them. It is this light that has come to enlighten this Gentile of Jericho. Jericho is a West Bank Palestinian town. Doesn't say for sure, but this man probably was a Gentile, for most of the folks in Jericho were Gentile. But he had been prepared for this moment, not by study of the law and the prophets, although that is all well and good, but by the suffering that he endured in silence and in darkness. In the silence and in the darkness, his heart was being prepared for this very moment where he was to receive the light. So when his ears heard that Jesus the Nazarene was passing by, deep within him there flashed an intuition, a holy insight, and he cried out for help and mercy from the son of David. Do you know what that means? That's not just that he was of the lineage of, um, uh, of, of the Jews. You know, oh, he's a son of David, you know, in, in some sort of... Uh, uh, that was really an affirmation that this was the Messiah who had come there, that this Gentile, that this blind Gentile had seen, even when those who had sight and had the law and the prophets did not see it. He saw it, and that is why he calls him the son of David. And though the bystanders restrained him, and they told him to keep silence, they told him, you know, don't, you know, stay back there, stay back there. You're, you're disrupting our parade or whatever it was they were trying to control. He persisted. 
He did not accept being put to the side and told to shut up. He persisted in his cry. I love this. St. Ephraim the Syrian, who we don't think of around Christmas time too much, we, we prefer to reserve him for, uh, for Lent. But uh, uh, I, about this passage, he said, he left what pertained to enemies and grasped hold of what pertains to friends. He was no longer a stranger to this son of David. He was a friend to this son of David. The son of David had come to him as a friend that day. And as he stood before Jesus, the Lord, as his friend, asks him what it is he wishes, in much the same way that we might ask a friend, and what can I do for you today? What is it that you wish? With confidence, he says, well, duh, give me my sight. You know, it's, you know we, we, we have so many of these where, where the Lord says, what is it that you wish me to give you? Uh, you might start with uh, getting me off this pallet. Uh, you might start with healing my leprosy. You might start with giving me sight where I'm blind. You know, there are all those kind of natural human reactions that are there. But this man speaks with respect and he says, Lord, let me receive my sight. And the Lord commands, as he had the power to do, receive your sight. Cyril of Alexandria says of this moment, the word was light to him that was blind because it was the word of him who is the true light. He is the true light. So he can give light. He created light in the first place. He created sight in the first place. He created eyes in the first place. He created all this stuff. So he can give whatever he wants to give. It was as if to announce, come ye, take light from light that is never overtaken by the night. Pause and let this wash over you for just a minute. No glasses. Darkness. Think about that. What if you had to navigate the world that way? What if you apprehended everything around you in that way? And then all of a sudden, pew, light. All of a sudden, blue sky, white clouds. You can see the birds that you could only hear. You can see the people that you could only hear. You can see the flowers that you could only smell. And more than all of that, the light himself is standing right in front of you. The light himself is looking you, his eyes to your eyes, back and forth. What a sight that must have been. I cannot hear that or even think of it without remembering that time when my father first met uh, then Bishop Joseph. And um, Bishop Joseph said to him, so, so John, you're, you're, you're blind. And uh, my, dad, my dad, as is his custom, had to make some, some little cuteness about it all. And he says, um, well, you know, the next face I see will be Jesus. 
Well, the next face that this blind man saw, the first face that this blind man saw was Jesus. His eyes smiling into the smiling eyes of the formerly blind. And again, St. Cyril says, And now that he was delivered from his blindness, did he then neglect the duty of loving Christ? He certainly did not. It says he followed him, offering glory, like as if unto God. He had been set free from double blindness. Not only did he escape the blindness of the body, but also of the mind and of the heart. He would not have glorified him as God had he not possessed that spiritual vision. We cannot see that Jesus is God unless we are given the vision to see that. You may come to every one of Father Nicholas and my catechisms on theology, on all of that stuff, and we can talk till we are even grayer than we are now about it all, and it will not convince your mind, your heart must be convinced. You must see a light that is apprehended in there, not just thoughts. He became the means then of others receiving Christ, for he gave Christ glory. For it says that he gave all the people, he told all the people to give glory to God. Oh, at this season, and have we been given anything this season? At this season, how do we ourselves give glory to God for all the riches that he has blessed us with? What is a proper thanksgiving? As we walk the streets, do we hurry past others on our busy way? As if cautiously passing among enemies? Or do we extend the grace of friendship to those we encounter, especially those in lonely darkness, those waiting for some word of kindness? The giving of this kind of grace was left to us by Christ especially to his church. What if we walked down the streets as he did, dispensing the grace that he has given to us to the fullness of our capacity, not just as a random act of kindness, not just when it happens to pop into our little brain, but, it, but as our consistent way of life. If they who do sit in darkness are to see a great light, it can only come if we take it to them. And if we are to take it to the world, we must first have truly received it ourselves. This isn't an abstraction again. This is something you personally must encounter. This is something you must personally receive. So on this holy day and this holy season, I would, in, I would close by inviting all with the words of St. Gregory Palamas. So let us make our way toward the radiance of the light of grace, that we may acknowledge and venerate the threefold Godhead, 
who shines with a single indescribable radiance from one nature in three persons. Let us lift up the eyes of our understanding to the word who now sits with his body above the vault of heaven. Let us move toward him. For from there he utters these words. If any man wants to stand in the presence of this glory, let him imitate me as far as he can and follow the way and manner of life I taught on earth. For in this way we shall have boldness when God comes in light. As we run toward him, we shall be enlightened. We do not have this light by our nature. We do not have this sight by our nature. May he give it to us by his grace and that to the glory of God the Father. <laughs>